Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here, being part of the show. This is your show, people. This is your show. So what I want to tell you, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Be a part of the show. We have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about today. Man, I tell you, man, I tell you, I want to hear your input. So please, saddle up, 713-526-5738. You can start calling early, doesn't matter, we want to have you on here. 713-526-5738. In the studio today, engineering and doing the phones, doing all kinds of duties, including we're going to have a little bit of scratch play sometimes, right? Is that true? How is that going to sound? I don't know. Is that going to sound right, Rico? It should. I hope so. Well, it always sounds... Hey, that's what we're talking about. You know. So when, when, we, when we have stuff that's necessary to remind or exert or attenuate, you know. Anyhow, title of the show today is Big Pharma Charges $189,000. For a 100% taxpayer-funded drug. Second, no to federal Fed rate hike. We need a cut. So the subtitle of the show is, Big Pharma Charge $189,000 for our prostate cancer drug developed 100% with our money. The Feds bailed out billionaires but continue to raise or keep interest rates high. These are taxes on the rest of us. Um, look, I know I was before we got the program started, you know, I sat down here talking to Rico, right, our engineer. And I was telling Rico, one of the hardest problems as an activist that I find is that too often we are so baked in to what we have learned since our inception, whether true, false, or not quite so. And we sort of like to stick to our positions. And, you know, all of us suffer uh, that, sort of a, that sort of an issue. I, you know, at times I did as well. You know, I had a lot of changing to do. I'm from Central America, Panama. And there are, a lot of, there, there are a lot of cultural things that we have when it comes to gender, when it comes to sex, when it comes to a lot of these issues. And, in, and I always tell people I, I have, Rick, I always tell people I have uh, the, three, the three strikes when it comes to some of these things. I'm black, I'm Latino, I'm Caribbean, and man, <laughs> we can... <laughs> We'll be happy you're not a woman as well. Well, that's, <laughs> I hear you, man. Women, you know, you know, always stay, I get into trouble for saying this a lot, right? But you know, um, when uh, Hillary Clinton, I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan at all, but when Hillary Clinton was running, um, and by the way, I did vote for Hillary Clinton, uh, just to name it, but um, I was never a fan. Uh, after, well, I used to be a fan up and until she tried to do healthcare, and I thought that she didn't go for Medicare for all immediately. So, you know, uh, I had some issues then, and that was way back in the nineties. But anyhow, um, I, she, when she ran the first time, the second time, she was always the most qualified, in my humble opinion, person running. I didn't necessarily want her as the president, but she was the most uh, most qualified person running, in my humble opinion, right? 
And neither time did she get an opportunity. If you had told me that in America, a black guy named Obama would get, uh, get elected, and by the way, I did like Obama as well. I did vote for Obama. Um, if you had told me that a black man named Obama would have, uh, would have first beaten a Hillary Clinton, I would have said, you're crazy. I, I've written, in my book, I kind of explain when I knew that change was going to happen. But what I, what I told folks a whole lot is that sexism is so bad. Sexism is so bad. And a lot of folks hate me for saying this, that I think sexism to some extent uh, is actually worse than racism. And I'm saying that as a black person. I'm saying that as a Latino. I'm saying that as a Caribbean person. And why do I say that? Sexism is something that is practiced by all, irrespective of ethnicity, irrespective of what we call race, even though race doesn't make any sense. It's amazing that, as it turns out, uh, sexism is in all Area. So I think Hillary Clinton sort of proved that, that she lost, not really lost in popular vote, but in electoral college, that it was even close, that she lost to likely the most inept person to have ever run for president of the United States, that she lost to him. Exactly. That, uh, that needs a, like a bing out of it, you know. There you go. That's like it. That she lost to that, um, Rico says something about what my, my thoughts. So, you know, a lot of folks are going to disagree with me. I know that. But I, I think the math is absolute on it. I honestly think the math is absolute. Um, you know, women, you know, you have my 100% backing. Women, you know, I'm 100% engaged from the time that I extricated my sexism disease, from the time I cured my sexism disease with a whole lot of help from a whole lot of radical activist women. And to those, I thank you. Anyhow, repeating the title of the show, Big Pharma charges 189 for a 100% taxpayer-funded drug. No Fed rate hike. We need a cut. Big Pharma charge 189 for a prostate cancer drug developed by us. Is that right? So here we go with the the essay, and you can always find the essay at politicsandright.com slash newsletter. That's where I have it in case uh, you guys call in and I don't get a chance to finish it. Please give, uh, oh, wait a minute. If Chairman Powell chooses, Alistair Waters, welcome to Politics Done Right. Uh, Bruce Pollard, welcome to Politics Done Right on the internet. Uh, give us a call, folks, 713-526-5738. Uh, Alistair Waters says, if Chairman Powell chooses to raise the rates, is there any recourse that can remove him from his position and rectify the damage his decision made? The president has the ability to get rid of the chairman, as I recall, but don't hold me to that. I need to do more research. But as I recall from the past, I think the president can remove, remove him. But anyway, here is the story on Big Foreman. I was a member of a panel a few years ago. It consisted of four people, as I recall. We had a conservative, a right-of-center businessman, and a left-of-center liberal blogger. As you guessed, I was the progressive. 
we started talking about policies and the arguments we are used to from the right of center came up often. Things like the moral hazards of having humane policies were discussed. But what drew my ire, remember I said it was four of us, it was four of us. Uh, the, on the left side, I was the progressive. We also had a left of center person, a right of center person, and a conservative. Uh, but what drew my ire was when we agreed on some needed policy to help families, the first thing out of the conservative businessman's mouth was how the necessary policies would affect business. I exploded civilly, of course, I shouted, you do not change humanity and human needs to fit business. One must adjust the business to work with the human condition. It took him aback. He kind of sat back in the chair like somebody never confronted him about something like that before. The businessman has no comeback. After all, his statement when analyzed was anathema to the purported values of the right. These guys always talk about family values. These guys always talking about doing things right, this nuclear family and all these kinds of things. But you can't have a nuclear family if you have people who must go out there and work two and three and four and five jobs to take care of family. That's how you get the latchkey kids. That's how you get the unsupervised kids that later on you find with the easy-to-attain guns that the right supports. So before I finish the essay, I want to show you the chain of events. Because I didn't write this down, I knew I could talk about this. But you know, all the policies supported by conservatives that restrict access to, access to support from we the people, our government, or the same things that in the long run cost more. What do I mean by that? Remember what the businessman said. The businessman said, how does that affect business? When we came out with policies that said we should give great maternity leave so that a woman can be with her kid to nurture that kid for, I don't know, six months or so. We should make sure that when if a family cannot afford to put their kids in a good daycare center uh, to go to work, that it is subsidized to ensure that that person doesn't have to be thinking about whether their kids are well taken care of as they're working for a corporation or they working for the government or they working for a county whatever they know their kids is in a kids are in a safe place so we talk about having good family leave we talk about a basic income i mean somebody works at mcdonald's that's making just minimum wage first of all i think we need to change that but making minimum wage if they don't have a certain amount of money to live on given the price of all these other things that we have maybe we should have something like we call in panama la bolsa minima right the, the smallest amount of money that one would have we need to supplement it to boost it up to that level at the same time not stop them to work but the way our policies are written it's written that you're either starving and dying before you get assistance or but some people would love to work a job that they want and just get a delta in their assistance so that they can still exist you know because i tell you that mcdonald's owner he's making good money you know and and so we we, we have to have our priorities right people right people 
The economy doesn't belong to just the businessmen. We all make the economy. We the people, without our purchasing power, without us going to the movies, without everything that revolves around somebody making a profit depends on us. So asking to make sure that we have an, an egalitarian, equitable society shouldn't really be a problem. So how does that make things more difficult? If we have families that have to, mother and father has to be working, and not only working, but working several jobs, and that kid comes home to a TV, that kid's come home to an iPad, to an iPhone, to a phone, or whatever they come home to, and that they're getting their info from there, and, and they're getting ideas that they know they can get guns without a background check, just go buy a gun somewhere, guns are free and freely available in Texas now. What do you think happens? They go out there and they get into trouble because they're unsupervised and they have a young mind. As they go ahead and get into trouble, they hurt other people. They eventually go to jail. We have to take care and spend thirty to $40,000 a year per jail per, per person to keep them in jail. All these crazy things happen just because we didn't do things right at the beginning because we followed what's known as conservative policies that believe it would be a moral hazard to make sure that people all have some standard good standard of living it's a moral hazard exactly it's a moral hazard so imagine if we in the beginning did things right just did things right Jails would be down. Kids without supervisions would be down. People hurt would be down. Just think about that. But no, we worry about moral hazard. I'll talk a little bit more about moral hazard in the second part, I believe. Let me see if that's where I'll cover some of Yeah, I'll cover the moral hazard in the second part. I bring up our government, we the people, have a choice in determining what is best for humanity versus what is beneficial for the huge profits of big pharma. Americans pay to develop the prostate cancer drug Extandi. I think that's how it's called. Extandi, I believe. You can forgive me if I say it wrong. Yet, again, we paid 100%. This isn't one of those drugs like even the Moderna drug, the, the, the COVID drug that I think we probably paid more than 50% of the development, but still, we, we, we didn't pay all the development. Some of the private companies did their part as well, right? But no, this one was 100% of developing the product, right? Yet, we must pay $189,000 per year to use the drug. Common Dreams reported the following. Patient advocates on Tuesday blasted the Biden administration's refusal to compel the manufacture of a life-saving prostate cancer drug developed completely with public funds to lower its nearly $190,000 annual price tag. In 2021, prostate cancer patient Eric Sawyer petitioned U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra to grant March in rights under which the government can grant patent licenses to companies other than the drugs manufacturer. For enzalutamide, which is sold under the brand name Extandi by Pfizer and Japanese pharmaceutical giants Astellas. So here's what they're saying. There's an option when a drug is developed by government funds, where if the manufacturer now 
charges crazy prices or can't manufacture fast enough or whatever, that the Bay, something Bay Act, I, I wrote about that months, years ago, actually. Um, there's a law that the government can just say, okay, guys, you manufacture it and charge that for it. So, Brother Biden, President Biden has the option to do that. The drugs developed was 100% taxpayer-funded, yet a one-year supply of Xtandi currently costs $189,800 in the United States, or up to five times more than its price in other countries. HHS National Institute of Health said Tuesday that it does not believe that use of the march-in authority would be an effective means of lowering the price of the drug. That march-in authority is the law passed by Congress that says federally developed drugs. It's called, I found, they actually have it in the article. Let me continue and then I'll continue. The agency added that it will pursue a whole-of-government approach informed by public input to ensure the use of march-in authority is consistent with the policy and objective of the Bay-Dole Act, a reference to legislation meant to promote the commercialization and public availability of government funded inventions. So again, the Bay-Dole Act could have been used here to say, look, we developed that drug. You're not going to make that infinite amount of profit, or I should say near infinite amount of profit on that drug by charging the American people $189,000. You know, a lot of people don't see that, right? Let me, let, me, let me give an example. If you have good insurance, your good insurance is going to cover that $189,000, and I can bet you the drug company is not going to pay $189,000 for that. They'll pay less, right? But here's the kicker. Do not be fooled. When that insurance company charges $189,000 or, or pays $189,000 or whatever it pays, you still pay. Because guess who pay those insurance premiums? All of us do. So in effect, it becomes a tax, even if you're not seeing it when you pay your insurance bill. For all those prostate cancer guys who are having to get their insurance company to pay $189,000 for that drug, we are all who pay insurance subsidizing to enrich the drug company for unearned gains. Notice what I said, unearned gains. They didn't pay for it. We, the people, paid for it. They took care of manufacture and marketing. And for that, they felt it justified to charge $189,000 for it. James Love, director of Washington, D.C.-based advocacy group Knowledge Ecology International, called the administration's rejection appalling. What the Biden administration is saying is that charging U.S. residents three to six times more than any other high-income country is reasonable, he wrote. U.S. Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pension Committee Chair Bernie Sanders said in a statement that he is extremely disappointed that the Biden administration denied a petition by prostate cancer patients to substantially reduce the price of Xtandi. This is a drug that was invented with taxpayer dollars by scientists at UCLA and can be purchased in Canada for one-fifth the price. And even that's too high. Sanders added, 
Well, I am the one who said that's too high. The Japanese drug maker Astelas, which made $1 billion in profits in 2021, has raised the price of this drug by more than 75%. How many prostate cancer patients will die because they cannot afford this unacceptable price? I have accused anybody who has the option to make life better for others of murder when they can make somebody's life better at, 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 without increasing the cost to the masses and don't do it. So to those who are preventing access to this drug, I consider what they're doing the commitment of murder because a lot of people are going to die for an already available drug to solve the problem. It is amazing. It is amazing that this is what I have to talk about. Bruce says it would be interesting to see what Medicare authorizes. I would fly to Canada. I hear you, brother. I hear you. All right. I have one last sentence to read, one last paragraph, but I'm going to take Pat ahead of the paragraph to read because I want to hear what he has to say. Come on in, Pat. Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? It's, I think it's still morning. I don't know. It's, uh, it's early afternoon. Afternoon just started 22 minutes ago. Okay. Well, I just want to share with your uh, uh, listeners that uh, I just recently completed prostate treatment, mm -hmm. prostate cancer. And uh, first place, I want to say to all the men that are listening, it's a, it's a silent killer. You need to go get a PSA test once a, once a year. It's painless. But I chose to do a radiation treatment, mm -hmm. and it was it was forty five visits, uh, one hour. Well, actually, the actual treatment's only about fifteen minutes a day, but mm -hmm. you have to get to the service. And I I, I kind of tracked what my what my insurance company paid for that coverage, and uh, what they billed was about seventy five thousand dollars. But what my insurance company ended up paying was about $45,000. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's still very expensive, but just, you know, I, I don't know, you're talking about this, this particular drug. Right. And, uh, I mean, there's other alternatives to drug treatment right now. At the time I was treated, there's really only a radiation treatment or surgery. Mm -hmm. So... Now, and how are you doing? I trust that you're doing fine now, my friend. Oh, yeah. It's been a year now, and I just, you know, everything works. Great. <laughs> I am glad. Yeah. First of all, I'm glad that, you, that you're okay now. Secondly, thank you for calling to give us your story, and I'm glad that you said, remember that there are alternatives. And uh, I am also glad that you said even that was too high. 15 minutes of sending gamma rays into your body and uh, at 45 times, that is almost saying that you paid $1,000 for 15 minutes of gamma ray each time. That's about, that's about what the daily bill was. And yeah. then once a week, I had to go see the specialist. Right. He charged about $2,500 for a five-minute visit. Each time? So, yeah, for six. Yeah, every week I saw my specialist and uh, you know he went over my progress but uh 
anyway, so, so I, I, I'm curious, sir. Uh, you you yeah. kind of you kind of uh, oh. said something I want to expand on. Uh, how yeah. many times during your treatment did you go see your specialist? Once a week, which is for eight weeks. So that's eight times you gave him twenty five hundred dollars each time. And is that what the insurance paid, or is that they paid a discounted amount? Are, are they paid? I think I'm giving you a ballpark figure about nine hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. So, and how long were you in the in the room with him when you spoke to when you spoke to the specialist? Overall, about five. I spent five minutes with a nurse and five minutes with him. And that was twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, that was what they billed my insurance company. And then your insurance paid even. Let's let's even go with the nine hundred dollars. So it was nine hundred dollars for ten minutes worth of service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. It's you know. Uh, I should have been a radiation doctor. Oh, no, no. Well, let, me, let me tell you something, okay? Um, it's obscene, right, uh, Pat? Yeah. What we're talking yeah. about is completely and entirely obscene. And the thing about it is we yeah. live with it. And, uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people as an activist, and, you know, I'm a healthcare for all proponent where we all pay taxes. We, uh, that it, we increase our taxes so that we don't have premiums at all. And everybody in this yeah, country yeah. gets insured, all right? Go to the doctor, and they're not going to the, nobody's going to the doctor for free everybody has skin in the game because everybody's paying taxes to support uh, their health care but I mean that is much more equitable and I'm also in for helping uh, our doctors go to school so they don't have those horrific uh, um, medical uh, medic, med medical school bills etc but what we are doing in America right now Pat and I think you must agree given that you've lived this uh, had you not had insurance you would be dead uh, well, my particular type of came out, I only play a doctor on the internet, but, uh, my particular cancer was localized and it was caught early. So, right. uh, there, there's various types of prostate cancer mm -hmm. and I don't want to play doctor, but I was caught very early simply because I go to a doctor once a year to get up get my prescriptions renewed. Right. And part of that is they do a standard PSA test. Right. And, uh, uh, and you know, my, I just, so this, this started three or four years ago mm -hmm. and I, it, and my PSA test kept getting more. Right. Worse. Right. So I just finally went ahead and had it treated. Right. But I'm just saying for the viewers out there, for the men, right. If you're over 50, Please go get a PSA test. It's a silent killer. And by the time they diagnose it, it could be very well too late. Right. I hear you. I hear. I probably should yeah. myself, but I haven't. But I probably should myself. But look, thank you very much, Pat, uh, for you know, let us for for your conversation and giving us your advice. All right. Okay, I, I, I only play a doctor on the internet, so. Uh, actually, I I think. Listen, let me tell you something. You're doing a great job. Thank you so kindly, my brother. Okay, thank you. Bye. You have a great day. All right, folks, that was Pat. Thank you for that. Let me finish the last part of the essay on that issue, and it goes like this. In other words, it is not about humanity and fairness first when it comes to big pharma. It's about big pharma holding America hostage with a false premise. They want us to believe, based on the writings you just heard, they want us to believe that innovation and discovery of new drugs would stop if they were not allowed to gouge us. This drug proves that innovation and risk-taking occur on the taxpayer's side and not sufficiently 
on the corporate side to justify their profits for adding little value. We can look at insulin that was developed by us. And it's still until the president came. He did a good job there. The president came and just about manhandled the big pharma into bringing insulin down to 35 bucks. It was 700 bucks, 800 bucks, 900 bucks a month. It made no sense whatsoever. A drug that their patent has expired. But they've always found ways to get around that. They'll say, well, it, we, we have insulin. What we're patenting now is the insulin, div, the insulin delivery method. Oh, we can slow release the insulin. We patent that. We can release the insulin XYZ form. We patent that. And then the, dr the doctors are made to prescribe these new instantiations of insulin. Henceforth, the price. Um, when I tell you, when I tell you the racket that is the economic system that allows this to occur, you know, I, I've spoken to you guys about, and it covers every area. That is what's so hurtful. Every area that you're that that does well for humanity, you run into problems. I I, I fly over Houston several times a year as I'm going to a conference or whatever, and what I see are rooftops, rooftops here and there, all over. And the first thing that goes through my mind is energy wasted. Every single rooftop in Houston is a power generation station potential. It's a possibility of being a generation station. But in order for us to turn it into a generation station, some businessman has to find a way to make a profit above and beyond the solar cells, etc., which generally puts it out of the price range of most Americans. So, we leave all the untapped energy. And then we go ahead and we ask government, we the people, hey, let's pass policies that put solar panels on every single person's roof. And then we can actually have a reduction on using fossil fuels. We can have a reduction on so many things, right? But we don't think that way. You see, it doesn't work that way in our economic system. And anytime you bring that up, people say, who's going to pay for it? It's going to pay for itself times over. But you have to invest. Isn't that what we always learn? Invest in things so that you'll get a payoff later? There's so much that we can do that that our economic system holds us hostage to. You know, all the rain that is occurring on the West Coast right now, but the deserts are still dry. Imagine if we didn't have an economic system that said, well, we can't invest in major canals and pipelines that carry H2O, water, because it doesn't make economic sense. It doesn't make capitalistic economic sense. But it makes human economic sense for us to say government is going to invest itself into great waterways across this country that whenever there's an oversupply in water in one area, we can bring water in, into the other area. I mean, all these things are so possible. And the only reason we don't do it is we have an economic system that precludes us from doing so. I want you to ask yourself, why do we, as intelligent human beings, 
Why do we hold ourselves hostage to those who least deserve to be held hostage to? A stockbroker doesn't know how to create a, a, a cancer drug. Uh, the titans of finance don't know how to build pipelines. They don't know how to do any of these things. But yet they're the ones who control what gets built, what we do, what we develop. And then we say, if we don't hold ourselves hostage to these guys, that somehow innovation will stop. It won't. It's just what they say. 713-526-5738. Extension number two. I would love to hear your opinions. 713-526-5738. So far, we've had one call from, uh, from Tom, I think it was. Yeah. One, one call. What was his name? Yes. Pat called us earlier. So we're waiting on more calls. 713-526-573. I would love your opinion. Love to hear what you have to say because you know what? Like I say all the time, this is your show. Eric says, did the government get big pharma rich via vaccines and rhetoric? Yes. Fauci? No. Um, don't, don't do your mixed metaphors. It's not a smart thing to do, Eric. Eric also says, not everyone wants stuff attached to their roofs, but you could get commercial property to do it. Mandates on that. Well, I mean, again, like I said, you're, you're right about that, Eric. Some people may not want solar cells on your roof, but I bet I would, I would, I would gather that most people would want it. I know if somebody offered to put solar cells on my home and then put, send the, ener the excess energy to the grid... I would say, come, when, how quick can you get here? And a lot of people would do that. And if you don't want it, it's a free country. You don't have to have it. But you'll pay more for your electricity, right? So, I mean, there are a lot of different options. There are a lot of different options, okay? There are a lot of different options. So, um, so yes, I, I am with you, Eric, where you said not everybody wants it on the home, but there are a lot of people who would want it on their homes so let's let's just get be real i'm going to be going to the next subject too which is no to fed rate hike we need a cut but first i'm going to talk to jane come on in jane uh hello good afternoon my one of my ladies come on in jane how you doing <laughs> Oh, tired. I've been running like crazy. But anyway, yes, um, yes about drugs. Um, that is a very slippery slope that the drug companies have been going down for years. Mm -hmm. uh, my father was a doctor during the time where his charge was $5 a visit, mm -hmm. and he made house calls. Right. Uh, also, the drug companies would send salesmen around and give samples of which my dad would use for all his poor clients who could not afford drugs. Right. Drugs at that time in the 50s and 60s were fairly reasonable, uh, not too bad. Right. And insurance took care of things. It wasn't, everything was not super complicated. Right. And then things started down as slippery slope from there, going downhill. And today is exactly as you describe it. I've seen it myself. And if it weren't for third-party uh, middlemen, Men who buy the drugs cheap and then turn around and allow you to buy it at your favorite drugstore inexpensively. Uh, I would even be like deciding how much drugs should I take. You, and what uh, it's a I shame, take. Jane. It is a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. But you're absolutely right. And I tell you what, Jane, I am going to. Um, 
that is why I do what I do, okay? That's why I, I try to inform, because most people throw their hands up in the air and just say, ah, we can't do anything about it. And I want to let everybody know we can do something about it, but we have to do it collectively. In other but words... Besides, yeah, but besides that, mm-hmm. doing that, it means finding the right people with the backbones who've got the sway in the government mm-hmm. who would allow and, and believe in mm-hmm. socialization of the drug companies. Well, uh, they don't, like you say, they don't, not, some of them do do research, not all of them. Right. Some of them do do research. Right. It's not all coming from the universities. Right. Uh, so you have to allow for that. And maybe they should be a separate company in itself and away from the manufacturers of the drugs, of which they go to different countries uh, to manufacture the drugs. So my my high blood pressure pill that I get, and I'm on a minimal dosage, right? That I get, and over the last four years mm-hmm. that I've been taking it, I have seen the pill change, right? And every time it changes, I look it up in my PDR or do it online. That's physician's desk reference online. Uh, with the description of the pill and everything and find out where it comes from. And it gets around the world. I've had it from India. I've had it from, yeah, never mind where I've had it from, but I've had it from many different places. Jane. Everywhere, yeah. My lines are... I don't think I've ever had it twice in a row from the same There you go, Jane. My lines are filled up. So let me ask you to keep... By the way, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Keep calling and keep giving that good info that you always come here with whenever you give us a call. But i got to run to Ray. I do believe this is one area that should be split up and let the research do the research and the manufacturers they have to be socialized thank you uh, boy thank I love you. you girl thank you very much you have a good one yes. okay bye bye alright let's go to Ray number two uh, Ray come on in my dear brother Ray come on in and, and by the way Ed, Sam and Ped I am, uh, I'm coming to you guys next okay come on in Ray yeah, Berto, I just wanted to speak real quick. I know your phone line's lighting up. Yes, sir. But I had saw a video on YouTube that really put something in perspective for me. Yes, sir. The reason why our Congress is so slow to act on a lot of things that work in the favor of the people is that people like, I'm going to give an example, Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Nancy Pelosi is closer to our side yes. than she is to the other side. But she's also a major investor. Exactly. For all intents and purposes, will benefit from certain policies that aren't really as good for the human aspect of business. And she oftentimes will pick business interests over people interests. And that's not just her. She's one of the. She's a neoliberal like a lot of the others. I mean, she's she's our neoliberal, but she's a neoliberal like many others. Yes. Right. And and if we can't eradicate that that rot, that type of corruption from our Congress, we will never succeed. I'm glad, why we- Ray, you just, I'm sorry to interrupt you because I just love the way you said it. You said if we can't eradicate that rot, that is what we're doing, Ray. We're working on eradicating that rot. That's what we're doing. Anything else, Ray? Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with sexism. I wasn't. I was surprised to see a black man named Obama before Hillary, yes. who was also a neoliberal, but... Still, because she's a woman, they couldn't see her as a viable leader of our great nation. Okay, well. I agree with you on that. Thank you, my brother. Let's go to uh, Sam on line four. Sam on line four. 
Uh, I've been listening for about 20 minutes, and you, I ha- didn't hear the name of the drug. Oh, okay. Tell the, me the name of the the name of the drug is Extandi, X-T-A-N-D-I. That's a brand name. X is an X-ray. X. X the N-D-I. Yes, sir. That's the name of the drug. Thank you very much. I'm going to find out about it. Thank you very much, I, my I'm, friend. I'm, I'm being treated for prostate cancer. Yeah, check it out. I need to find out what this. Yeah, check it out. And uh, if you if you, if there's any other questions you want, you can always drop me a line at uh, info at politicsdoneright.com. Okay, we always info at politicsdoneright.com. Info at politicsdoneright.com. We we keep in touch with our people. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye Thank bye. you, sir. Let's go to uh, PED on line five. Come on in, PED. How you doing? PED on line five. Your ped. Ted, yeah. Ted, Ted, come on in, Ted. All right, um, you're uh, okay. You're a little bit different from the radio. All right. Um, so I was just calling because I was going to let you. You were talking about so, solar panels. Yes, sir. And I was going to talk about my experience. Um, I ordered them about. I like I, I bought them, and then it, like it took me about. I'd say about four months mm-hmm. before they got around to me. Right. And, um, and now they've gotten, they've gotten put up finally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I guess about a third of my electricity is being taken care of from solar panels, the, uh, from solar panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a uh, big part of it is that they just, they're, they're not meeting the demand. You know? Right. Um, so, uh, and, uh, I'm, uh, assuming that eventually as prices continue to go up, it's going to be more of a payoff, but of course, you know, the big thing is I'm reducing, uh, greenhouse gases. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, but a lot of it is, uh, depends on the size of the roof. Right. I, uh, I have a townhouse. I couldn't. You, know, you couldn't get a whole lot because you didn't have a lot of space on a roof to put it in the area where the sun is shining most. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would recommend it. I mean, it, it, it uh, you know, it's not, not free, at least for me, but it's going to, and I assume, uh, in, you know, inflation is going to be inevitable and, uh, well, actually, if you bought it already, inflation helps you, believe it or not. So um, for the people who are, you know, if you buy it before inflation really zoomed up, you're doing fine. But, Brother Ted, yeah. I got to run to the other line, but I want to thank you for giving us your experience with um, the, the panels. And please keep listening. Please keep calling. And if you want to talk to me personally, just remember you can reach me at info at politicsdoneright.com. Info at politicsdoneright.com. Okay. okay? Thank you, sir. All right, let's go to Ed, line one. And I think we, we had, we, somebody dropped off the line before. You can always call back. Come on in, Ed. That was me who dropped off and called back. Oh, okay. Hey, I want to tell yes, you sir. something. Uh, I on hold, I can't hear the other people. I can hear you, but I can't hear the other people. I that, thought they had fixed that. There, for a while, that's what was happening. But, um, you know, we, we thought we had that that stuff with the telephone fixed up. But I'll report that. Um, I'm pretty sure Rico is going to report that as well. So, um, we, But normally, we had fixed that problem. But go ahead, Ed. Okay. Uh, both things we're talking about. 
the price of medicine. I have a sister-in-law who needs Humira, uh-huh. and it it just you know six thousand dollars a month. Right. I mean, and they're living on Social Security, so that's no problem, huh? No, she can't. Fu- she she can't afford it without assistance. I mean, they're good RX and all those guys would try to help you out. But I mean, even if if it dropped to three hundred dollars, somebody on Social Security can't handle that. That's right. But uh, the reason I called is the the solar panels. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a tree out in a parking lot, you know, some parking lots have trees. Right. There's always people wanting to park in the shade. Right. Right. Just think if they covered those black parking lots with solar panels. Yes. There, there's no trees to shade them. Yes. You know, in, in most parking lots, there's no trees. So they get sun, you know, 12 hours a day, and people get a cool place to park. Yeah. I don't understand the problem. Let me tell you something, um, uh, Ed. There are a lot of solutions out there, but... Th- I, 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 I want people to understand this. I believe in free enterprise because when I start talking, people want to say, you're a communist. I am no communist. I believe in free enterprise. All right. But I also understand that capitalism present, prevents us from doing a whole lot of things. What you just said made a whole lot of sense, right? What you just said was a, made perfect sense. But you know who it doesn't make any sense to at all? A capitalist. And you know why? Because the way that capitalist is going to see it is what's the return on my investment and how long it's going to take, whatever. Because the way we we don't take, there's this thing called externalities whenever we're talking about economics. And when, like, we pay $2 and something for gasoline here and we get mad. It's a lot of money. But if if we were to price inside of gas, gasoline, that it causes cancer when it's burned, so the person who is paying health insurance for that cancer, that price should be reflected in gasoline so that they could be mitigated on the cancer. If we were to put in all the externalities that actually affect the price of gasoline, right? Guess what? Yeah. The price of gasoline would be something like eight or nine or ten dollars. You could that wouldn't people would go crazy in, in, in America. And then that would give the incentive that says, okay, those solar panels on the on the uh, on the on in the asphalt and the solar panels in the trees on all all it would start making sense, but again, uh, our economic system is such a dishonest economic system, and one that uh, that that it's predatory on those who can be fooled, and that is why these things don't happen, Ed. But you are, I mean, I love your idea. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anything yeah. anything well. else you want to say, Ed? Oh, that I'm a social capitalist. I am. I think capitalism is the only way to go, but it ought to be socially, uh, uh, what's my word? Good. Uh, you you know, so guess what? Guess what? Social capital. Guess what is social capitalism? What's that? Free enterprise with services. I, j- I just don't like to use the word capitalism because it has the word capital in it, which is an inert thing. So I, I mean, I, I, I always look, I, when I, and that's the reason you always hear me say, I believe in free enterprise because I want that person to open their own restaurant. I want that person to open their own, their own, um, their own discotheca. I want that person to open their own grocery store and all these other things. But when it comes to healthcare, you remember that six 
$6,000 that your sister needs to pay for that drug. I don't want her to have to pay for that. That doesn't belong in the capitalist market. You know, when, uh, when a mother has to go to, 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 to work and the gas prices can be whatever the oil company wants to charge, I don't want that to happen to that mother. You know, whenever you want to go ahead and see a doctor, you have to ask if this insurance or that insurance is, is you can use it. I don't want you to have to go through that. There are certain parts of our economy I think does not belong in this structure. It should be sort of a, a public good and others, like if you want to own your restaurant, if you want to do all these things, your dance studio, your grocery store, all of that could be in the other economy. So I don't know if you, if you agree with me, then I think we're on the same page. Yeah. And, and, um, keep up the good work. Thank you, my brother. You have a good right. one now. Take care. You too. I love that. Can, you know, you know, um, Rico. That's that's what I love in having a, a young engineer. You hear me? T- you hear me, Tori? You hear me, Tori? On my Mondays, you see what Rico's doing. I'm gonna be waiting to see how you're gonna match it. <laughs> hey, thank you, Rico. All right. Anyway, the second topic. I'm gonna have to go a little bit faster, unless you guys call. I'll have to go slower. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Uh, persuasive Barrier says, as long as we are not subsidizing freaks like Elon and his solar push to grab government money. You're so right. You are so right, Senor Persuasive Barrier. Um, Eric Hayes says, good Rx are even better, but what about health education in school and giving people credits, etc., for being healthier? You know, all those are good things, Eric. I agree with that. I so agree with that. I try to be healthier with the way I live my life. So, yeah, you're right on that, Eric. So, good idea. Alistair Waters says, that was a good idea. I think she meant the solar stuff on the parking lot. Anyhow, no to Federate hike. How much time I got? I think I got about eight minutes or so. All right, let's go for that. It's time for the Fed. Seven minutes. It's time for the Feds to undo the damage they are doing to the American poor and middle class. Our inflation was not caused by the Trump-Biden stimuli when the American people were in dire straits as the economy understandably came to a pause. Representative Katie Porter was kind when she only attributed more than 50% of inflation to greedy corporations. The reality is they should take 100% of the blame for their ineptitude. Corporations chose to offshore labor at the same time they instituted just-in-time inventory, which ensured there would be shortages of imported parts and goods. That was their irresponsible business choice. They chose to coddle a president that was mismanaging a not-yet-pandemic, which caused a full-blown pandemic that hit the United States, a first-world nation, harder than most third-world countries. As corporations chose to rip us off with higher prices instead of passing laws that make it criminal to harm Americans unduly through pricing on products and services we must have, The Fed Chair Jerome Powell is forcing Americans to pay for the ineptitude of corporate executives. The Federal Open Market Committee meeting today marks the first time in the Federal Reserve will meet following the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Groundworks Collaborative's Chief Economist Rakim Maboud, I always say it wrong, Rakim Maboud, released the following statement. 
While the Federal Reserve wasted no time protecting wealthy venture capitalists and startup CEOs last weekend, it has shown little concern for the millions of people who could lose their jobs as a result of its aggressive rate hikes. After the SVB fiasco, SVB being Silicon Valley Bank, Chairman Powell could not touch rate hikes with a 10-foot pole, should not touch rate hikes with a 10-foot pole. Another rate hike will be the straw that breaks the camel's back, sending our economy into a painful and completely avoidable recession. I want you guys to listen to that well. I agree with MAGA on one thing, partially. It is time, not time, to take our country back after all, from its inception, it was created for the wealthy few. As we liberalize and educated ourselves and learn to start asserting our worth, we consistently made progress in bringing more into the real middle class. But for the ruling class, we are at critical mass. Further liberalization, education, demanding our correct share of the pie and worth assertion are a threat to those whose wealth is nothing but our unpaid labor and growth. I want you to understand that last sentence because uh, that last paragraph, it's important. Everybody that's talking, when, when you hear MAGA says, I want to take the country back, I am with them. I get what they're saying. Unfortunately, they have the wrong boogie person. I get what they're saying. They feel like they're losing something that's their birthright. You see, they were promised something that was never theirs. They were promised something that they could never live up to. They were promised something that they were used. But, you know, the part that I can't get with them is, what the, is that they think the other is their problem. They think that folks that look like me, they think that are indigenous folks, they think that those folks that are dressed as, uh, uh, what do you call us, the drag queens, they think that those are all the things. They, those are the woke. Those are the things that they see as the problem. And the corporatocracy, they want them to believe that. They want all of them to just hate the woke, hate those other people. They are taking away your birthrights. It's never been that way. Your birthright was never yours because it has always been taken. It has always been taken. You were always given a mirage that you were running towards, running towards, telling you you can get there, telling you you can get there, but 80% of you will never get there. 80% of you never got there. Never got there. And as my great economist uh, Rich, Richard Wolf would tell you, they gave you the semblance of prosperity as they gave you easy credit. They gave you the semblance of prosperity as they gave you things that was never yours. The car you drive was never yours. The home you had was never yours. And when it became yours, they gave you an enticement to take it away called reverse mortgages. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Was never yours. So, folks, it's time to un- indoctrinate ourselves forget about much of what we've learned the reason they don't teach civics in schools the reason they don't want critical thinking taught anymore is because an indicated person does not stand for what we have today 
an educated person will not stand for what we have today. So I ask you all folks, please stick with us. We talk a hell of a lot on real issues here. Un minuto más me queda. We talk a lot of issues here. And we will continue to talk a lot of issues here. We continue to want your involvement both on the phones, in our chats, and everywhere else, on your emails. I love your emails as well. Info at politicsdoneright.com. Info at politicsdoneright.com. Welcome aboard Julie Henderson, Eric Hayes, uh, Persuasive Barrier, Alistair Waters, uh, Bruce Pollard, and everybody else online that I've forgotten to call out. But I want to tell you guys, let's keep it up. Let's keep learning together. Let's keep making a change. Because that is how things really happen. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.